0: What's going on ladies and gents, Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com, and I've got special guest William Shufeld on the line, aka the Red Power Ranger.
1: Without further ado, how's it going, man? I'm doing great, brother. It's great to talk to you. Um, I mean, honestly, we just recently met, but I've been watching your YouTube videos for a while. You have some great information. And I'm very, very interested and passionate about fitness, body composition, bodybuilding. So honestly, you're a great guy to be talking to about this stuff. Um, and I'm doing great, man. I
0: appreciate it, man. Yeah, it's uh, we, we did only meet, I guess, this past week. Was yeah, we met. yeah, at KetoCon. Um, yes. And we never really even
1: talked online prior to that, I don't think. No. Yeah. So that was that was our uh, first meeting, but. We hit it off. Um, I enjoyed some of that brick. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, we're speaking the same language, man. We we uh, we resonate with each other pretty
0: well. So it's like we just pick right up where we where we start. Because I mean, we're like I said, we, we have similar similar goals, similar interests, similar lifestyle. Um, so for anyone yeah. that doesn't know, man, like give give the audience like a little little background, little bio, kind of on you and what got you into this space in the first place.
1: I was born in a small town. No, I'm not going to go that far back. Um, <laughs> Way so, back. Uh, <laughs> Mom and dad met at a church picnic. No, uh, So I'm uh, I'm an actor. Uh, that's kind of my primary thing. Um, I'm also heavily invested and passionate about the fitness and nutrition community. I went to college at UC San Diego where I studied economics for three years. I had about one semester left to graduate, and I made a radical life decision to pursue acting wholeheartedly. I did a complete 180. And the crazy thing about that was that I had no acting experience. I had no connections. Um, To be honest, I didn't even know what I was doing. Uh, (laughs) So I I literally just set a goal for myself. I said, within one year, I want to book the starring role on a major TV show. Um, I didn't know how that would come about, but I strongly believe in goal setting. And I, I believe that honestly, if you know how to approach a goal, if you know how to tackle it, how to Uh, make a game plan around something, I think you could accomplish just about anything. Um, So I set that goal for myself, set a bunch of incremental goals along the way, and I just started working like a dog towards that. And um, within one year, I booked the lead role as the Red Power Ranger on Power Rangers Ninja Steel, which is a Nickelodeon show. We're now in our 25th anniversary uh, season. So I'm the Red Power Ranger on season 24 and 25. And... Yes. So that was, um, that was honestly a dream come true for me. It was super exciting and I've continued to work with Power Rangers. Um, we're marketing, uh, the show's still on TV every Saturday at noon. You can watch me wearing tight red spandex. Um, wouldn't recommend. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so, so that's what I do there. Um, I also recently spoke at KetoCon. So that's, that's how I met Robert. And I spoke kind of on my transition from – I spent four years on a vegan, whole foods, plant-based diet, which was pretty rough on my body. I eventually couldn't really do it anymore, and I transitioned to a ketogenic lifestyle, and I just had dramatic health improvements across the board in so many different ways. Um, So I'm sure we're probably going to get into some of that um, over this. But yeah, so I've been doing keto now for about two years. And I've started to transition into more of a carnivorous ketogenic diet, uh, with some great results as well. Um, so that's about where I'm at right now. Man, there's all kinds
0: of areas that we can dive into here. So we're gonna we're gonna back it up, and and I'm gonna ask you know what what made you want to get into acting in the first place, man? Like, what was the motivation behind that?
1: Um, so acting was sort of. It, it was a budding desire of mine. It was something I kind of wanted to do from a young age, but I always thought that you had to have connections or your dad had to be a director or a producer um, or you had to be in theater since you were a kid. So I just didn't see it as a viable option for me ever, but it was something that I thought was awesome and I really wanted to do. Um, and whenever I would watch you know, actors on TV doing the kind of like action adventure movies that uh, I'm interested in, I'd always think, damn, like I would love to do that. Why not me? Um, But I just didn't think it was possible. You know, Hollywood was sort of like a vague idea. You know, I I grew up in Modesto in Northern California. Family's not well connected. So I just didn't think it was possible. But um, this is one of the things I talk about where I think that uh, belief precedes action, you know, and and if you believe you could do something, that's what's going to lead to you taking action on it. So I had a mindset shift around that because I started to achieve some success in economics in college. And I have no reason to be successful at that either, you know, like I didn't have any connections there, but I just started applying, you know, basic goal setting principles. And I became president of our economic society. I was interning for fortune 500 companies. And I said, you know what, if, if I can make stuff happen in the economics um, realm, why not actually go for something that I actually care about something that I actually really, really want to work towards. And through acting, it's a platform where I can then work more in fitness, nutrition, I can get more involved, um, in public speaking. I can go to schools and inspire people. It gives me a very powerful platform to impact and influence as many people as I can. Um, which is ultimately my, my goal. I want to leave the most positive, uh, and inspiring impact as I can on people. So I decided to go for acting. Yeah, it, it was kind of, um, just on a, on a whim really. Uh, but I just knew that I would work hard towards it. So that was the thing that gave me confidence, yeah. What I mean, what were you,
0: like, before acting, when you were, you know, going to school for econ, like, what was your, you know, anticipated goal or outcome there? Were you just going to get, like, a job at a Fortune 500 company doing, like, you know, e- economics and kind of building the, building the company up?
1: That, that was the basic idea. Um, I, I interned in a couple different uh, areas. And they were areas that I thought that I would end up working in. So I did an accounting internship. I did a consulting one. I I tried a insurance underwriting, um, and I kind of dabbled in a couple different areas. But I was very unhappy in all of those. I I honestly just couldn't do the office lifestyle. That was part of it. Um, but it was also I had a lot of trouble working towards a company's goals. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just had trouble being passionate about that, you know. Maybe if, if it was a great company I might have felt more passionate about it, but I always thought man, I, I really want to be working on my own goals, you know. I want to be spending 9, 10, 12 hours a day working on the things that, you know, I'm passionate about. So, it was just difficult for me to mesh with the corporate culture.
0: Where where in your I mean, you were you said you were a senior in college before you decided to do acting?
1: yes i was I was going into senior year, and that was um when I transitioned into acting
0: so did you graduate prior to going into acting or did you just like stop full full stop and just jump straight into it
1: full stop man <laughs> i i, I jump ship completely um so no i I still haven't uh, received my degree technically I can go back and do a semester and get my degree um but it's not something that interests me at the moment <laughs> no man that's it's honestly like I love it,
0: <laughs> you know, like I'm excited because <laughs> that, I mean, so many people, and I'm, I'm guilty of this, man, like I, I did, like I, I followed all the rules growing up, like I, I got good grades all through grade school, and then, you know, I went to college, I had like a 4.0 in college, you know, went to school for business, got like a big corporate job as a manager at a college, I just followed all the rules, I didn't start seeing like success in my mind, I didn't start feeling, you know, fulfilled at all until after I totally said screw the rules I'm gonna do what I'm passionate about and that's hard you know it's, it's much harder because like you want to you know live up to like your parents you want to make them proud you want to kind of it's scary you know to just say okay this is what I'm supposed to do oh, and yeah. I'm totally going against that but the fact that you just said okay this is this is where it's at I'm jumping ship and going all in when you go all in like you start seeing opportunities that you would never see if you had that safety net
1: Absolutely, man. I well, for one, I completely identify with the fear and and just being terrified about the whole thing. That that's the one thing people don't know about. When when they hear the success story afterwards, and you look back in retrospect, everything seems great and awesome. You worked hard. That's cool. But nobody knows when you're laying awake at night and you're just terrified. You're like, what if I go broke? What if I end up homeless? Like, I don't want to go back to my family and have to ask them to take me in if this whole acting thing doesn't work out. You know? Or for you with fitness and and a ketogenic lifestyle, like, what if this thing doesn't work out? Do I have to go back to corporate? It's a scary thing. It's Mm -hmm. honestly a terrifying thing. But if you can swallow that fear and if you can channel that into focus, into work ethic, into discipline and routines um, and results, that's when crazy things start to happen. And then you combine that with the passion that you already have for what you're doing um, and some crazy things can happen. 100% 100% so,
0: man like th- this is freaking give me goosebumps right now because I mean it's this is fresh on my mind man like I haven't just recently started seeing success with what I'm doing with K- like Keto Savage and the business and the brand but like so many nights yeah. months after months after months like I was able to do you know 16, 17, 18 hours of work not because I was well I was passionate about it but because I was freaking scared like before I had any money yeah. in my account and I was living off of credit cards like that right there is a motivational factor.
1: Oh yeah, the motivation of knowing that your bank account might go down that motivated the hell out of me when I was in college. so i I completely identify with you. I did an entire year, so that last year when I pretty much dropped out, I was getting up every single morning at four in the morning um, and I was I was working out. I was then you know hitting on all my goals for the day. I was listening to audiobooks. I was listening to inspirational audio like as much as I could do to saturate my mind with motivation, inspiration and it was just working the entire day. I wasn't hanging out with anybody, I didn't have time for dates, I wasn't going to parties. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one year of just pure focus, and people didn't understand what I was doing, and a lot of friends thought that you know I was becoming obsessed, and it was like a dangerous lifestyle, and I was gonna burn out, but if you see the vision, and you know that all of your work is, is contributing to this predetermined goal, this destination that you could see in your mind, Um, it's not that hard to be honest. It, I loved it the whole time I felt happy. You know, that was one of the most blissful times of my life because like Tony Robbins says, the key to happiness is progress. And I completely believe that if you making daily progress on the things that you care about makes you honestly fulfilled, happy. So I did that for a year. Um, and the power Rangers thing happened and you know, I didn't want to tell anybody I told you so, but, um, a lot of people were surprised and they're like, Oh, that's what he was working towards. So they, they see eventually, but <laughs> at the time a lot of people doubt you, oh
0: yeah, man, and that's I mean, I don't know I, I i love I love that adversity like honestly, I have so much more respect for somebody if I know for a fact that they've just went through hell to get to where yeah. they are now if they like already start off on top and they, they don't have like there's no test of their character their their grit, you know, but when you like start yes. at the bottom and climb up like that I don't know man, like that just freaking fires me up and you got to stay hungry like even after you start seeing success like you have that in your mind like that memory is still fresh and you can like look back on that and stay hungry because if you start getting comfortable if you start getting satisfied with where you're at then you're you're exponentially going to lose your return on investment whereas like if you just stay hungry even when you don't necessarily need to be quote-unquote
1: hungry then i mean you just keep on climbing I, I 100% agree, man. And that's the power of having those big long-term goals and thinking big, you know, because if, if you have a huge 10-year vision or 20-year vision or you have these massive life goals mapped out, you realize that, okay, I've experienced some some success in the short term, but I mean, this isn't the end-all be-all. This isn't where I'm headed. I'm, I'm going for bigger than this. So it allows you, it fuels you to continue moving forward. Um, and I, I think you honestly, as soon as you achieve a goal, you know, you you take it in. You're grateful. You enjoy it, but you also need to be looking. Okay, so what's ahead? What do I do next? Um, what's my next goal? Because you know, we're always either in hypertrophy or we're in atrophy. You know, we're moving forward or we're moving backwards, yeah, um, and that's agree. just kind of the ebb and
0: flow of life. I agree, man. I think um, I don't know, like extremists, like from like me and <laughs> like you, I'm gathering. I mean, it's, it's yeah. <laughs> easy. It's easy for us to always focus on the next goal, much more so than it is to reflect on the win we've just experienced i mean i never reflect on the win like i'm pretty much just you know i might like sit down and think about it for like 30 minutes then i'm back on the next thing like i don't really take much time to yeah relax which is yeah uh, like people talk about maintenance and i think i hate the word maintenance like people talk about it with their health and their nutrition it's like i just want to i just want to find my maintenance it's like why you know
1: yeah i i i think that it's just a flawed mentality to try to if you're just trying to maintain a certain level of health and you're trying to just hang out at about average, um, I think you're missing the growth aspect of it, you know? And I think ultimately it's going to lead to more of decline, um, than an increase. So that's just my personal opinion. How old are you, man? Uh, 23,
0: 23. What do you say to people that are like, I don't know. I mean, 23 is pretty young. I'm 26. Um, do you get a lot of people like just impressed
1: with what you've accomplished thus far in your young life? Um, yeah, I, I mean, there, are, there are a lot of people that I think, especially when they hear about my age, um, they're impressed, but yeah, I mean, if people saw my day to day life and just what I do every day, it becomes a lot less impressive and you just see, okay, so he's, he just, he likes to work hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's, it's not like, I'm definitely one of those people that I don't care about talent and I don't care about lucky breaks. Um, I, I honestly think that, you know, it's just about goals and about putting work in. Um, but I mean, yeah, I'm grateful when people say things like that. Like, I really appreciate it. But um, yeah, I try not to dwell too much on that. Yeah, that's, that's key, man. Like, kind of going back to the
0: staying hungry aspect of things. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So you, you mentioned that you were vegan for four years prior to finding keto. Dive into to the whole vegan aspect? like what, made you, what compelled you to do that in the first place?
1: Yeah, so actually, vegan was sort of... Um, well, I, I was having a lot of health complications before that, so I had a lot of gut issues. Um, I was experiencing a lot of lethargy, a lot of fatigue. Honestly, it was like one of those things where I could sleep in. I could sleep as much as possible, and I would still wake up exhausted. And I just could not figure it out. It, it wasn't coffee. It wasn't an issue with sleep. I just... Wasn't in a good state of health. I was working out all the time too. um, But I couldn't figure it out. Why don't I have energy? And I had terrible skin. I had terrible, terrible acne. Like People don't even realize how bad it was. I did the whole Accutane thing, which is one of the most painful drugs on your body. takes out all of the oils and the lubrication and your back hurts all the time. And my body felt like I was 90. Um, I did that, cleared up my skin for a while, and then it all came back even worse. So... I, I realized, and I always believe this, that you know your outer appearance and the way you feel is a reflection of your internal health. Um, so I was like, okay, so I think it's this is about my nutrition. I think I need to change my diet, but I'm not sure what to do. So I was doing my research, and I thought that a whole foods, plant-based diet was the way to go. That just seemed like the healthiest option from the research. And even to this day, a lot of the medical consensus still focuses on, you know, a Mediterranean style diet or a whole foods plant-based diet. And there's still, um, it's kind of, it's kind of starting to be a bit of a conflict, but there's still a strong medical consensus around that in terms of the mainstream establishment. So that's what I went with. And as soon as I went to college, um, I started doing a whole foods plant-based diet and I did experience improvements, um, in terms of my skin, in terms of my energy um, lost a little bit of weight. So, naturally, by kicking the processed foods and kicking a lot of the junk in my diet, um, I experienced increases in health. And I was doing a very, very, you know, by the book vegan diet. You know, it was whole grains, beans, nut seeds, legumes, vegetables, um, lots of organic fruit. So, it was all those kind of things. But the thing was, I was constantly hungry, I was losing muscle. And it just, it wasn't optimal for my health. My stomach was also always bloated too, which I didn't like. Um, It's not probably very good
0: for the video, huh?
1: No, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) It's the last thing you want on camera. So I realized it wasn't optimal, but I figured, okay, if it's the healthiest thing, then I'm just going to keep going with this. And I did it for quite a while um, until I was one season into Power Rangers and it just wasn't working for me anymore. Um, with the rigorous schedule that we were on, with all of the action and the stunts and things like that, and you know, constantly having to eat when I was on set, I was always hungry. I realized, okay, I gotta change something. So I went back to the drawing board and I had to find a new approach. And that's when I started researching ketogenic diets. And that's kind of how I transitioned into, um, you know, going into a ketogenic diet.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna back up even a little bit more, man. Because you said something. Okay. You said this too at, at KetoCon. It really like perked up my interest. Um, I, didn't, I don't even think I've told you about this, but I used to have really really bad acne too, man. Like like mm-hmm. I like I can't even find pictures of me back then because I wouldn't let people take my picture. Like it's yeah. just bad. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's cool to talk to somebody that went through that as well because. There's like so much, man, like how that weighs on you emotionally. Like I had no confidence with girls in high school, like zero. Like I literally would not talk to people. Um, I tried so much. I spent so much money on like over-the-counter crap that never worked. Same here. And like it's just like that weighs on you. I used to go to bed at night and like pray. The one prayer I had was that I would wake up in the morning and be able to look in the mirror and have – you know, clear skin, i wake up and lo and behold, there'd be like a new zit. <laughs> and it's just like, of course, of course. on you, man. Like I did the whole Accutane thing too. And like that second month, you're so dried out. Like I look like I was a freaking rattlesnake just shedding my skin. Um Yeah, it was just bad, man. I look like a freaking leper. Um, but it's cool that it's not cool that you had that, but it's cool that we both had that in common because like now, I, I mean, there's like an insight that you get into somebody's life if, if you know they did went to the whole same concept of like really bad skin because like that emotional yeah. like baggage and just like damage that does like that that's such a hindrance to any kind of confidence and if you aren't confident in the way you look then how are you possibly going to portray confidence as a whole
1: oh yeah man it was i so i completely identify with everything you just said um in terms of confidence it was like i couldn't make eye contact with people i had so much trouble talking to people Um, you know, I, I remember like after church on Sundays, I would immediately walk straight to the car and just sit down in the car. So I didn't have to talk to anybody after church, um, in, in school, you know, like I used to have a very social personality. I used to be confident around people. I I did sports. I was great at all that kind of stuff. And suddenly in high school, when I had this skin thing, my entire personality changed and it was, it was just rough. Like, um, like every single inch of my face was covered in acne. So a lot of people get certain areas but every inch of my face was covered with it, easily hundreds of you know zits. Um, I spent you know probably thousands of dollars on topicals and benzoyl peroxide, salicylic acid, every wash under the sun, did the um, you know lots of topical retinoids and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I, I always thought it was a health thing, but I didn't have the money or the means to sort of facilitate my own diet, and my family wasn't really that interested in you know, making special food just for me, because my mom would always be, you know, none of us have that. So you're just too stressed. You need to calm down. You need to, you know, and none of us have to deal with that. So, uh, it it was a tough environment, man, but it takes a huge toll on you mentally and you have to bounce back from that eventually. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's a tough thing for sure. Like, man, people don't realize, and I, I had that same prayer, man, I had the same prayer and I would visualize what it would be like to have clear skin. I would sometimes see people leaving their homes in the morning and like they clearly didn't brush their teeth or do their hair, but they walk outside and they have clear skin. And I'm like, man, what would that be like? You know, yeah. so.
0: And so much tough. of it is like more than just cosmetics, man. Like I get freaking hurts. Like I was, I went out to lunch with my uncle one time and we went to like a sandwich joint and I literally could not eat the sandwich because it hurt too much to open my mouth wide enough to eat the sandwich. Yep.
1: Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. It it makes you so that you can't even smile sometimes because it hurt too much.
0: Yeah, man, it's just like freaking crazy. And I just thought, you know, it was like unlucky genetics or something because my brother didn't have it, but I did. So I don't know, like I got the short end of the stick or something. But, you know, in hindsight, so much of it, I mean, all of it is like nutrition because, I mean, you would, like, I would eat carbs, you know, at the time I was eating carbs, didn't have, you know, quality fats in my diet. And then I'd put all these topical solutions on which would dry my skin out and then you know my body would kind of overcompensate by like producing more oil. so just like a total nightmare. and then now like since mm-hmm. I've switched over to keto, like I instantly could tell a difference in like the quality of my skin and just like I felt nourished.
1: Oh, it's night and day man. And the sad thing is that nobody's telling kids this, so they have no clue. And dermatologists even give you the same, you know, diet doesn't influence your skin. We have these studies on chocolate and, and French fries and, you know, correlational studies have shown that it's hit or miss. And so they'll, they'll tell all the people coming in, no, nah, it's not your diet. Don't worry about it. Eat what you want. Just take this cream or take this pill. Um, so people don't know. But man, its it really is, for the most part, nutrition. I find that that was the major influence Um, and as soon as you cut down on those insulin levels, you cut back on the carbs, you remove all of the refined vegetable oils and all these highly inflammatory foods from your diet, things change almost overnight. It's, it's a huge difference.
0: 100%, man. I mean, I didn't even, like you always hear about like the kind of disconnect between doctors and the medical field and like keto nutrition, but Mm -hmm. I just, I mean, I didn't even think about it from like a, you know, dermatologist standpoint until now that you mentioned it, but I mean, I just want to go, like, tell every kid out there that's probably not listening to podcasts, you know, eat keto and your skin will clear up and you'll be able to, you know, talk confidently to the opposite sex in high school and
1: everybody's just freaking brutal to you. So, yeah. yeah. Dude, it would, it would save so many kids so much pain, man. And if, if there's one way to promote a diet, it's by appealing to people's vanity. And if these kids know that they can look better, they can talk to girls, they can have more confidence... They don't have to get told by their peers, you know, and get bullied and stuff like that. That's a huge thing. Like, people don't get how big of a deal that is. They think, oh, it's pimples. Everybody goes through that when they're young. But uh, I, I think people just don't know. Yeah,
0: man. I mean, like, hormones, puberty, all that plays a role for sure. But, like, if you combine that with, you know, most people in, like, high school are eating, you know, like, ego waffles and stuff before going to school. And, like, the, the lunch yeah. from the cafeteria obviously is not conducive to a healthy, nutritious diet. So <laughs> that doesn't help yeah. either. Yeah,
1: it's it's a rough
0: situation. We've totally rambled about acne, but I don't know, that's that definitely <laughs> strikes a chord with me because I mean it's it so said. dear and dear to my heart. Yeah. You know? Um absolutely. So so back back to veganism. You so you were doing that did it for four years, had all the bloats, you know, losing muscle, not feeling satiated. What I mean, what was kind of like the tipping point? Like did you like stumble upon an article? Did you see something on
1: YouTube? Like what was like the trigger to try keto? so i think i was watching um i was watching a video on youtube because i was meticulously into calorie counting and tracking Mm -hmm. um tracked everything i was constantly trying to hit these little deficits and i i was very very obsessive about it i was watching this video about how to get to four percent body fat without calorie counting and it was basically talking about uh, intermittent fasting and a ketogenic diet so i was watching that and i started thinking how on earth could you possibly get lean without calorie counting like you would definitely overeat of course not knowing at the time about insulin not knowing um you know what happens when you cut carbs and when you go into ketosis i didn't understand any of the science behind it um but i started experimenting with that so i started incorporating fasting and uh, a more ketogenic diet so i think i had maybe around 50 carbs a day 50 grams of carbs a day so maybe a small amount of sweet potatoes or a small amount of fruit and the rest of my diet was just composed of protein and fat. And I just started dropping weight fast. And my gym performance was fantastic. So that's when I started realize, realizing, like, this could actually work. I, I don't have to, you know, do a vegan diet. I don't have to meticulously track everything. I can actually just ad libitum, have this, these sort of results. Um, so that, that was kind of the thing that led me into it. And then I started doing a lot more research on it and i started experimenting with different variations and cyclical and targeted and you know strict nutritional ketosis what have you like
0: in doing the the kind of experimentation with cyclical targeted strict like what have you found cuz that's like a pretty hot controversial topic in the keto space like everyone wants to you know see what's what's best for them um, what what have you found yourself
1: so for me what i currently do um I guess you could call it cyclical ketosis because I'm basically strict ketogenic for about a week, um, you know, and my carbs will be extremely low, pretty much no carbs because I'm doing more of a carnivorous thing now. And then once a week, I'll do a cheat day because it doesn't really seem to have much of an impact on my physique or my weight, um, which obviously, I mean, I'm, I'm insulin sensitive. My muscle glycogen's depleted. A lot of it's probably going towards filling up my muscle glycogen, and it's not something that I would recommend for everyone. Um, but I, I work out pretty hard, and my my body can take it. So I do that usually once a week. I'll have like a cheat day. What
0: but does a cheat day look would,
1: like? Absolute garbage. <laughs> 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 this is why I'm saying it. This is why I'm saying I wouldn't recommend it for anybody. Um, I mean, if I was training for like a role, I would definitely cut it out. But at the moment, I'm not. So usually, that's just. I'll, I'll still do my fasting. I'll still work out fasted. But then later in the day, I'll kind of just have a blowout, you know, and maybe have pizza or whatever. Do you feel um, any different I'll do after? That. See, here's, here's the strange thing with that, because I've heard a lot of people say that when they get knocked out of ketosis, they feel terrible and the food cravings are back. I usually feel great the next day. I actually don't feel that much different. And I think fasting might have something to do with that. Because I'll probably deplete liver glycogen pretty quickly since I'm fasting and training in the morning, so I don't really feel that bad. Sometimes I'll notice some slight bloating, maybe some slight water retention. Um, there might be a little bit of like gut distress, but it's it's usually nothing too serious. And I don't think I have like a serious gluten intolerance. I'm very insulin sensitive, so my body can take it. But it's it's like I was saying, I would definitely wouldn't recommend this for everyone. There are people who need their therapeutic ketosis. There are people with severe food allergies um, that this just wouldn't work for. So it's just kind of something that I've been playing around with and um, hasn't affected my progress. You've kind of got everything going for you as far as like you know the the flexibility of your foods. With
0: like you know you've been younger, you're going to have more insulin sensitivity as well. Um, yes, true. So
1: yeah, you've got kind of for anybody to cheat, it would be you. <laughs> 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 Absolutely. Yeah, I'm probably going to cut back on that when I get older.
0: What about um, like the carnival? What made you want to kind of go that route?
1: What is it that influenced me to go that route? Um, I, I kind of just went down the rabbit hole with that because I was seeing a lot of people that had great results on that. I was checking out the Principia Carnivora Facebook group. There's a website called Zero Carb Zen. I was watching different YouTube videos. And uh, there's this um, – Well, there are a couple different researchers that talk about this, Um, Dr. Georgia Ede, Mm -hmm. and uh, there's also, there's this guy named Andrew Scarborough, who had brain cancer, and was able to reverse his brain cancer, initially with a ketogenic diet, and then he found that he was actually able to completely eliminate it with a zero-carb carnivorous diet, and I mean, he he was doing this thing, like, perfectly, though, the right macros, um, you know, different types of eggs. Uh, he was incorporating organ meats. So it was an, an extremely nutritionally dense, zero-carb, carnivorous, ketogenic diet. Um, but it was just really interesting to me. And I started to read about um, certain anti-nutrients in plant foods and salicylates and um, you know some of like the phytic acid that'll rob you of certain nutrients when you're eating it. So I started to think about it. And I, I was also reading about how a lot of the plant foods that we consume nowadays are specifically cultivated from just a few plant species and they're cultivated to have the maximum sugar yield. So it's not even what we would have ancestrally ate um, perhaps you know, 10, 20,000 years ago. You know, And since the dawn of the agricultural revolution, um, we've like, hyper-cultivated these foods. And with the way we practice farming nowadays, a lot of them are uh, nutritionally depleted so I was considering that, and I was thinking, you know, let me let me give this a shot for a while. Let me see how I do on it. And I felt fantastic um, without plant foods. So I started experimenting more with that. Nowadays, I'm starting to do a little bit of low-sugar fruit again. So um, incorporating, you know, sometimes some avocados, some tomatoes, uh, small amounts of berries, things like that. And I, I will say that I don't think plant foods are necessarily – They're not necessarily the culprit. I still do believe that, you know, you want to be cutting out the refined carbohydrates. Um, You still want to be sticking to a ketogenic diet. But I think for some people it can work, and I definitely had great results on it.
0: Yeah, I think, um, I don't know, I'm taking a really keen interest towards just like the, the deep diving into the details behind like nutrient density and absorption between, you know, genetically modified plants and kind of like dwarf species versus, you know, non dwarf species it's like a whole nother rabbit hole um which yeah. is cool because like you start diving there's just like so i mean you could literally never stop learning um which is interesting yes. so with regard to you know like the carnivore um do you think that is something that the average person would benefit from that's a dangerous question um Yeah, I got to be careful here because like a lot of people, you know, like I'll do carnivore for instance and I'll do carnivore for, you know, weeks at a time and then all of a sudden I'll just randomly crave a huge salad. So I'll go eat a big salad and I won't feel guilty at all for it. Um, I I mean, do you think there's any kind of nutrient you're missing or any kind of benefit that you could be gaining from the vegetables and the fibers that that aren't going to be present in a carnivorous diet?
1: That is a really, really good question. So that's something that i'm currently on the fence about and researching but i'll tell you where i'm at right now with that so right now they're coming back uh, from some studies with carnivore with people that are on a carnivorous diet for long term and they're noticing with some of them certain folate deficiencies and certain vitamin deficiencies now are these actual vitamin deficiencies or are they as compared to you know standard recommendations based on people that eat carbohydrates in their diet Mm -hmm. because we know that you know nutrient requirements change when you cut back on carbohydrates and if you completely cut out carbohydrates they probably change even more drastically so it's it's a really interesting question right now um and i mean obviously one barometer is how do you feel but beyond just that you know lab values do have something to say about that so what i've been doing currently is um I think that the, the probably the most palatable plant foods would be the ones that were ancestrally available to us and the ones that we would have naturally ate, um, which would make sense if it's low sugar fruits and things like maybe small starchy tubers. Now, back in the day, they were probably more fibrous. They probably had a lot less sugar in them and a lot less carbohydrate. So that's why I try to restrict the amount of those that I eat. But I'm not really currently having cruciferous veggies or leafy greens. Um, do I feel like I'm lacking in any nutrients? I think, I think maybe if I didn't consume organ meats, mm-hmm. I might be lacking in nutrients, but I do like to consume bone broth. I do like to consume grass fed beef liver, um, lots of eggs. So I like to think that I'm covered in that area. Like I personally wouldn't do the straight up like, only steaks diet, you know, like a lot of people are, you know, um, getting on the whole carnivore thing and they heard Sean Baker on Joe Rogan and they're doing straight up just steaks all day. Personally, I wouldn't recommend that and I wouldn't do it that way.
0: Um, but you know, that's to each their own. Yeah, I think, uh, you said a lot of really good points there. One, you know, you can't really compare nutrient deficiencies on a ketogenic or even carnivorous diet based off of the, you know, standard values recommended by people on a standard American diet because, like your body's gonna need totally different, <laughs> totally different inputs. It's like totally different yeah, equation. Yeah. Um, so I agree with you 100% there. And you're absolutely right on a lot of people doing carnivore and just totally sticking with, you know, a, a very standalone, just steaks. You know, for instance, when I like the idea of carnivore, it appeals to me. I don't feel, I mean, I, I eat very, very low carb, you know, 10, 20 grams total yeah. carbs. And I don't feel like I'm missing anything. I feel great. But, you know, I think you're, you're, selling yourself short if you're limiting the nutrient variability you're getting from eating the whole animal like people trying to go back yeah. to their primal ancestral roots and eat just meat if i mean when they did that they ate the entire animal so they're getting all those organ meats in. Exactly. And if you don't do that then you're you know cutting yourself short
1: absolutely completely agree with that
0: i don't know if i'm going to do the whole uh you said you used to drink a liver shake or something like that (laughs) what's what's the recipe for that man in case anybody is interested
1: good lord man so i got (laughs) i got tired of cooking up the liver so i decided you know what i hear raw beef liver is pretty great um but i don't know if i want to straight up eat that thing raw so here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna just put it in a in a blender and i'm just gonna blend it up and that was disgusting so i said you know what What else can i put in there I'll, i'll put some raw eggs in there and I'll do this collagen protein powder. The collagen protein powder had probably some sugar alcohols or something, so it was sweeter. And I was like, okay, that'll mask the flavor. I whipped that thing up. Um, honestly, it wasn't it wasn't that bad. But this is coming from a guy that used to drink, um, you know, these disgusting vegetable smoothies when he was vegan. So compared to that, anything tastes good. But uh, would not recommend for the majority of people out there. Uh, yeah, if this was a video call, man, you'd see the look on my face
0: right now. It's not a good one.
1: <laughs> it doesn't compare to the keto brick, I can tell you that.
0: <laughs> the, the liver brick, that's going to be generation two right there.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: <laughs> that's funny. So so talk about um, – you, you kind of mentioned some biohacking techniques in your presentation too. Like you went into like cryotherapy. Um, what are some good like – little, not necessarily tricks, but I mean, just like things that you like to incorporate to kind of totally reach a wholesome level of,
1: of health and kind of performance. Absolutely. So some of the things that um, I like to incorporate, I'll just briefly mention them, and then I can go more in detail. Intermittent fasting, I think there are so many proven benefits to fasting, multiple different ways of doing it. Um, But it's just incredible in terms of autophagy in terms of fat metabolism, in terms of giving your digestive system a break. Um, there are so many processes uh, that get activated, down-regulated, up-regulate, up-regulated. So I think fasting is just an absolute essential for everyone. I think that everybody should try to incorporate some form of fasting, um, maybe not on a daily basis, but at least weekly. So I like to do that. I love to do uh, cold exposure, like my cold showers. I'm starting to get more into ice baths. And the main reason for me doing that is brown fat thermogenesis um, helps you lean out a little bit and it's fantastic for the body, for inflammation. I also like to do uh, heat exposure. So I like to sit in the sauna about 25, 30 minutes. Um, Dr. Rhonda Patrick has some great information on this, but it, there are just so many health benefits to saunas as well. So that's something else I like to do. Um, those, those are pretty much the main ones for me. Some things that I found very, very effective, these aren't maybe necessarily biohacks, but just in terms of productivity, I found that, um, you know, getting the same wake up time every single morning, I found that crucial for me. If I'm waking up the same time every morning, um, it creates a certain consistency in my day. And I really, really like to do that. I also like to train in the fasted state, um, you know, depleting that liver glycogen. And I also just feel lighter and I have better athletic performance like that. Um, So I I found that really helps me, and then I also like to do some coffee and green tea during my fast, get that caffeine in me, and um, it helps me focus while I'm working throughout the day. So yeah, I like to work out and do a bunch of work during the day, and then do more of a feast at night. So kind of a typical um, lean gains protocol. Do you do like one meal a day or two meals a day? So it's, it's one to two meals a day, generally one meal a day. But, I mean, if I got a really long day or if I'm on set early, I'll probably do two meals throughout the day. I don't like to push too hard with the fasting, you know, to the point where you start to feel weak or depleted or, or like, your cortisol is spiking. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'll, I'll do two meals if I have to.
0: How do you um, drink your green tea? Do you do, like, a nice plain green tea, no sweeteners or anything?
1: Yeah, so so, no sweeteners. I usually do a hot green tea. I like to go with organic green teas um, sourced from Japan uh, just to you know dial in any any toxic things that you might get from from Chinese green tea. Um, sometimes I'll do matcha I do like matcha green tea and you know you're getting a lot more antioxidants from that, but yeah that's that's pretty much my green tea ritual.
0: Do you know what the difference between matcha and maca is? I've, I should know this, but I like journal blank.
1: Yeah, so maca, maca is basically a root, um, and they create a powder from the root that a lot of people use in smoothies, and it's sort of like a supplement. And I think from what I read, it's supposed to be pretty high in minerals, uh, magnesium. I used to take this a lot, and it's also supposed to shoot your libido through the roof. I can neither confirm nor deny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> matcha, on the other hand, is basically ground-up um, green tea leaves. And if you get the whole ceremonial grade matcha, then it's like they're grown in the shade, and it's supposed to have more um, antioxidants that way. So, yeah, completely different plants, um, but they're both pretty solid nutritional supplements.
0: What? All right, so I'm I'm totally bouncing
1: everywhere here, but this is is going. No, I I promise.
0: Um, So I'm trying. I'm about to redo my entire like meal plan. Like I've got my macro ratios pretty much dialed in on point. And I've got certain foods yeah. that I really like to incorporate or remove. Um, but I've taken a really keen interest lately towards nutrient density, bioavailability, absorption quality. And I'd love to just like – right now I'm picking everybody's brain. Like what's your like top three staples in your in your meals that like – like le- probably lesser known ones too. Like everybody knows beef liver is really good. What are some lesser known like really important – I mean it can be something as simple as green tea – but like a reason for it or matcha or anything like that? Like what are some Mm. three lesser known um, things that you
1: really like to incorporate? Oh, that's a really good question. Man, it's it's really, really basic for me. So um, let me think through this. One thing I love to incorporate is cod liver oil. So I love to do cod liver oil, um, especially I think it's like the wild Alaskan variety mainly for the omega-3 content also for vitamin a and vitamin d um so that's one of them you get the pills or do you get the, I the liquid them. i usually get the liquid and then i'll you know do like a teaspoon or two of that at night mm-hmm. so i like to do that um everybody knows about bone broth so i won't be saying anything new there um let's what, see what, what else. brand I, of bone I like- broth do you get for bone broth, I'll, I'll usually do the Epic brand. Um, I like that. I also like the, uh, kettle and fire. So honestly, yeah, it's kind of the basics that everyone does. Um, as a snack, sometimes I'll do, um, like wild pot sardines. I love That's those. something super nutritionally dense. Love those things. Um, I do my Himalayan pink salt, man. I feel like I'm a basic keto dude right now. Is there <laughs> anything interesting I can say? Um, yeah, you, you, covered, uh, beef liver, so that's taken care of. Um, love to do the green tea, coffee. What kind of egg do you I eat? don't, oh, so that's, that's a great one. Um, always like to do pasteurized eggs. Um, usually from, I'm having a hard time thinking of the company, but it's like, uh, it's like the black carton. Yeah, um, like that, like, looks like so, crayon yeah. drawing on there. Exactly, exactly. I can't remember the name of the brand, but, um. That's usually what I do with that. Oh, I also supplement magnesium. So I like to take a bit of that at night. Um, one, one interesting thing I guess I could say, I'm jumping all over the place too. I mean, I love it. Um, one interesting thing I could say about green tea is that there are studies that have shown that antioxidant absorption goes up when you include lemon. So there seems to be something about lemon or even um, just taking uh, vitamin C that'll increase the... Um, the bioavailability of the green tea phytonutrients. So that's something to consider if you want to really maximize what you're getting out of green tea. You can get some lemon in there. Do you do like hibiscus or any herbal teas or pretty much just like green or black teas? I I don't do uh, hibiscus anymore. I used to do that because that's like the highest antioxidant tea out there, Um, even higher than green tea. So I used to do that and that was part of my whole Antioxidants will help my skin, theory. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't really do it anymore because I feel like I don't need as many antioxidants since cutting carbs reduces oxidative stress in the first place, Mm -hmm. so it's not like you constantly have to be fighting these free radicals because you're not really creating as many. Exactly. What about mushrooms? You like eat a lot of mushrooms? I I do like to do mushrooms sometimes, Um, and mushrooms, yeah, super nutritionally dense very low energy content and I think they have uh vitamin D so I like to do those occasionally as well yeah
0: yeah it's it's, it's so I don't know man like nutrition it's like a freaking like hobby now like I just love diving yeah. into each individual thing I like OCD with it just like diving into it and getting all the facts on them
1: dude with us man it's dangerous because we can we can just go on and on and on and just keep researching and I have to like force myself to stop reading about this stuff and go do something else, you know? <laughs> it's obsessive. Um, yeah, it definitely is. What about like like
0: prebiotics, post, uh, probiotics, like any kind of digestive stuff, you know, like fermented foods, like do you ever
1: try and incorporate that at all? I bet you did a lot when you were vegan. Yeah, I, so I was definitely getting prebiotics in when I was vegan. Um, but here's kind of my take on on that. I think if, if you're going to do that, then you want to do fermented vegetables, your sauerkraut, kimchi, things like that. Um, and th- that makes sense to me in terms of an ancestral or evolutionary point of view. Uh, you didn't have refrigerators. There's a good chance that um, you know, you were eating some fermented vegetables if you ate those. But nowadays, I don't really worry so much about that because from what I know about gut bacteria and the microbiome, the, the bacteria in your gut exists to help you digest the foods that you're eating. So if I'm not really eating plant foods, I don't know why I would need to be consuming um, probiotics designed to assist me in digesting plant foods if they're not even a part of my diet. Um, so the microbiome, it, it's been shown that like your gut microbiome can change in as little as three days based on what you're eating. Mm-hmm. So... Um, they show this with plant-based studies and also people that began to incorporate meat. So for me, I think if I'm eating, you know, this heavily meat, eggs, fish-based diet, then my microbiome is adjusted to deal with that. So I don't need to be, uh, supplementing with other things. So I, I don't really worry too much about prebiotics or probiotics anymore. I agree. I mean, when I'll go on like a stint
0: of nothing but meat, you know, for weeks at a time, like I, I don't have any kind of digestive upset. There is like a little bit of an adjustment period, but once I pass through the adjustment period, like it's, it's just the norm again, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What about, um, so you drank coffee, like what's your take on coffee? Is there like a, a upper threshold
1: or limit to that? I try to stop, um, at about two cups of coffee a day. I do think that's one of those things that can start to throw you off a little bit. You know, if you're if you're doing it too late in the day or if you're doing too much of it, you might start to get some cortisol issues. You might be staying up later at night. Um, so I use it as sort of like um, a pre-workout and also it supplements my my daily work. So, you know, as I'm going about my work throughout the day, you know, it just helps with cognitive function and focus, but I'll try to limit myself to about two cups of coffee um, you know, I, I've had my times where I try to do no coffee. I hate it, man. I love coffee,
0: yeah. So yeah. I, I
1: don't, I don't deprive myself of that anymore. And every now and then, I'll experiment with like the adaptogenic mushrooms. So I'll throw in, um, you know, the, the typical things—lion's mane and cordyceps and reishi and stuff like that. All of the four sigmatic products. I'll throw some of those in there. Um, but yeah, pretty basic with coffee. I think a lot of people. Will. I mean coffee is not too bad as long as you're
0: staying hydrated, it's a diuretic so you got to, you know, be mindful yeah, of that yeah. but like I, I, caffeine in general, like people and I'm I'm, the world's worst at this. I drink way too much coffee and get way too much caffeine and people don't let their adrenals kind of have a recovery period especially if they're, yeah. you know, supplement with a whole bunch of pre-workouts and stuff. I mean those pre-workouts and bang energy drinks, that's 300 milligrams of caffeine right there. Oh
1: yeah, that's two
0: cups of coffee. Yeah, yeah, that catches up with you real quick. So you got to like detox almost.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, coffee is depleting you of minerals when you're taking it. Like all of that energy is coming from somewhere and it's inside of you. Mm-hmm. So magnesium is one of the first things that get depleted with uh, too much coffee. So that's that's part of the reason I supplement with magnesium at night. Um, like the calm magnesium? Yes, yeah. Yeah, so I like to do that calm magnesium because um, it also has a couple other minerals in there as well. So I'll usually do that at night.
0: You ever use like 100% dark chocolate?
1: Uh, ooh, I, I don't know if I can stomach that. <laughs> 100% oh, you say?
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it. Like since keto, my palate has changed. You might not be able to do this while you're doing cyclical, but if you like don't do cyclical, you're, you'll give your body's palate, you know, a chance to adapt. And then, yeah. I mean, 100% dark chocolate, man. Like that's, I'm a, I'm a connoisseur of dark chocolate now. I love it. And there's so much magnesium in the dark chocolate.
1: Yeah, that that's one of the top sources for it. I, I used to do I went up as high as um ninety percent, I think, and I love ninety percent. Ninety percent works fine for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've never done straight up like the baking chocolate or hundred percent dark chocolate. Uh, oh, man. I, you know, I actually actually I have tried that once and it was um it was rough. <laughs>
0: there's there's so like it's it's strange. It's kinda like um, you know, people will be like a connoisseur of wine. I can't I don't know anything about wine, but you know, y- your palate changes and you're so much more in tune to flavor on keto. Like, there's so yeah, many things. Yeah. Like, I don't like any sweeteners. Like, I pretty much cut out all sweeteners. And, like, it's like people say that and it's hard to like fathom until you can relate with it. But but once you make that switch, like, I don't even, like, it's just disgusting to me to have like sweetness on my tongue now.
1: Yeah, I, I totally get what you mean, man. I think you become a lot more acclimated to actual flavor and not just diluting it with sugar. Mm hmm. 100%.
0: What about sleep, man? We're we're just totally going on all ends of the spectrum here, but I love it. You know, people. This is like people be taking notes on this episode, which is good. Um,
1: so, what what do you do for sleep? How many hours do you average a night? Sleep is that's one of those things that, um, man, I'm I'm really not a, a great person to talk to on that because I do pretty well on on not enough sleep. So I'll usually be averaging five or six hours a night. Um, and I, that's, that's one of those things, like I don't recommend that to anybody. I don't think it's healthy and I don't think it's optimal, but it's just for my current goals, I'm like kind of in like a grind period of my life. So I do that, um, but it's definitely something that I plan to get in check later on. So I like to get up at usually about six in the morning um, and I'll probably be sleeping sometime around midnight at night. For me, as long as I'm getting up the same time every day, my body will kind of adjust around that. And I'm, I'm not opposed to taking like a nap midday if I have to. You know, if, if I just feel like I'm totally running on empty, um, I'll do like a 30-minute nap. Tons of benefits to that. Um, and that'll kind of help me reset a little bit. But I think optimally, if I was really doing this thing correctly and, you know, managing cortisol and really taking care of my circadian rhythms, I think that I would be, you know, avoiding all blue light about two hours before bed um, I think that I would be eating perhaps a little further away from when I sleep, so at least three hours away from that, which usually I do, um, and I think that I would also be getting more more around seven hours of sleep a night, um, but honestly, I, I feel great. I feel great on five to six hours a night, so I can't complain. I'm the same way, man. I feel like I need much less
0: sleep quantity while on keto yeah. because the sleep quality is much better. Like I don't wake up midnight like I used to when I was eating carbs, but— you know, I'm, I'm the world's worst by getting enough sleep, too. But I don't know. I think I'm, I'm an extremist. You're an extremist. Like, you know, we, we both know and understand that sleep's important. But at the same time, yes. it's like, screw it. Let's just keep grinding.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I, I kind of get that feeling, too. There's a certain energy and adrenaline you get when you're working on goals. Mm-hmm. And it, it just powers you through that. Um, And I think that's why we don't get burned out. And that's why we don't feel fatigued. Um, but there's also something to be said for cutting carbs for being on a ketogenic diet, also for being in shape. So for, you know, training. But when you're when you're maintaining like an optimal lifestyle, you're taking care of your diet, you're taking care of your fitness, and you're also living with purpose, I think that things change and you can you can kind of handle a little bit less sleep. Are there studies to back that up? No. But um <laughs> that's just sort of my personal theory on that.
0: No, I, I think I mean I totally agree, man. Like when I used to get more sleep i would just be tired all day long because nothing nothing was exciting to me in life but now that i've kind of found my calling and i know what i'm passionate about i know where i can like shuttle and funnel all of my energy it's like that like you said just re-energizes and reinvigorates me so it makes sense you know psychologically like if i'm not as psychologically drained every day because i hate my life why would i need
1: as much sleep you know exactly exactly and if you're not fighting off a terrible diet, if you're not fighting off not training, um, you know your body's
0: working with you. So, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, cool, man. What's the, what's the next thing on the horizon? What are you excited about now? The next
1: thing that I'm working on right now. Um, well, I just wrapped on a movie, so that's going to be coming out later in 2019. I can't say what it's called, but um, that's going to be a really cool project. And besides that. Uh, let's see what's going on We've got conventions going on later this year so these are more like in the whole power rangers realm but i'm doing san diego comic-con i'm doing um something called power that? morphicon san diego comic-con is i believe uh that's in july so it's like july 19th to the 21st That's like the so same there. week as um low carb usa isn't it low carb usa i think is uh the week right after that in san diego
0: Gotcha. You can hit up both of them because they both apply to you.
1: Hey, man, I'd love to. I would love to.
0: What's the next thing you said? I mean, to cut you off there.
1: No, no. Um, So for me, yeah, basically continuing to work with movies, TV. Um, We're still promoting our 25th season, so working on that. And then starting to expand more in the nutrition community. So that's something that I'm really passionate about. And something that I'm looking to on the horizon is working on a book um, where I would be able to incorporate a lot about nutrition, fasting, different biohacks. So that's that's something that um, hopefully will be in the works pretty soon.
0: I'm excited for you, man. Like, I, I really am. Like, I, I feel, I don't know, I feel like we've, we've gone through similar paths in life. And I don't know, like, you, you are very, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. You're very well spoken. Like, you've got your stuff together and you've got, like, you know, kind of what you're working on, and, like the big picture, long game approach. And you're, you know if you know that at 23 years old like that's freaking power at your fingertips man
1: dude i i appreciate that so much i completely identify with your story your struggle and also the success you're experiencing now so that excites me as well man like i'm i'm feeding off of your energy well
0: is there anything i mean if there's everything anything i can do you know to help build and promote you man you just you got my number you just let
1: me know Dude, absolutely. And likewise, man, um, let's, let's definitely help support each other and help move this ketogenic movement forward. Um, but dude, yeah, just very, very excited to see what's on the horizon for both of us.
0: Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. What, where, where can people go to find out more about you? Where's, I mean, I guess, um, watching Nickelodeon at noon central.
1: They can do that. So they can check <laughs> out <laughs> So every Saturday if they're interested in seeing me fight off rubber monsters, they can check out Power Rangers Ninja Steel on Nickelodeon. That's every Saturday at noon. Um, or they could check out, I'm on Instagram at William Shufelt. So that's William, S-H-E-W-F-E-L-T. Um, they can also check out, I recently released a carnivore diet program. So it's diet and training. And I also include some biohacks in there. And that is at the thecarnivoreshreddingprogram.com. So they could check that out as well. Um, that's that's pretty much where I'm at I, I don't do too much Twitter, not too much Facebook, so
0: <laughs> yeah, man, Twitter, I should totally be leveraging Twitter more than I do in Facebook as well, but you start you start grinding on stuff, and I mean you have limited time <laughs> you've only got so much
1: time today, yeah, you can choose what platforms you're gonna you know work the most It's true, it's true, yeah, so i I feel like I probably should be doing Twitter as well, but I just don't care enough yet, <laughs> yeah, I hear you, man, I hear you.
0: Well, brother, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've learned a ton. It's been, uh, it's just cool connecting with somebody that's of similar age group as me and like has gone through. I mean, like from from the struggles to the acne to the nutrition. I mean, freaking everything. It's like I can relate with everything you just said,
1: dude. One hundred percent, man. It it was great talking to you. And look, I I love the fitness movement within keto, and I think that that's something that we can really really expand on because keto, like, it's covering you know, the nutritional side, it's covering, um, cancer management. You know, people are talking about epilepsy treatment, but one thing that you can also do on keto is get ripped and get in shape. So I think that that's something that we can definitely keep firing on and hopefully spread it as, you know, a viable alternative to a traditional bodybuilding diet. I'm really, really, really glad you said that, man. Cause like, I mean,
0: from a ketogenic perspective, like I'm super stoked about like the medical, you know, breakouts that are coming through, the breakthroughs, rather. I mean, like, from a cancer perspective, diabetes, all the time, all that stuff. It's just very, very good. Like, weight loss, obesity, epidemic, yada, yada, yada. But one one niche that it hasn't even begun to scratch the surface on is, you know, physical, like, bodybuilding, like, CrossFit. Like, yeah, there's a lot more probably headway, like, in the endurance sector. But, I mean, yeah. the bodybuilding, seeing like, in, like, my, my peers – And from a bodybuilding perspective, they don't have a clue about keto. They think they're doing keto when they cut out carbs, but still Mm -hmm. their protein is way higher than their fat. It's just not really keto. Um, So I I think you're 100% right there. And anything that we can do as influencers to kind of tap into that and spread the word, because, I mean, it's going to improve their health. Like they're screwing up their hormones. They might look shredded and lean on the outside, but internally they are all kinds of metabolically screwed up, so keto can help them as well.
1: Yeah, and, and they're supplementing testosterone. They're doing a million things that are, you know, helping them maintain muscle mass. But is it optimal? Is it healthy? No. Um, so I, I think that there's definitely a lot of work that needs to be done in that area. And I think that um, we can definitely make some progress there.
0: 100% agree, man. Well, and we, we, got, we got the time to do it. Both of us in our 20s, I mean, it's, it's up to us, man. Let's just put our put our gloves on and get to work hey that's what i like to hear <laughs> <laughs> well william and again it's been a pleasure brother and uh we'll be in touch for sure because i'm excited to see and follow along with your journey
1: all right man great talking to you
0: take care buddy